Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Joe, how how long have you been a member of the Baylor Mafia? Um, you know, there's no such thing as the Mafia. Um, you know, the there's 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 families that like to you know get together, friends. We we do things, we move stuff around. You know, a little business here and there, but yeah, you know, the, the Mafia doesn't exist. No, it's not a thing. So. So, and if you're out there, you know, saying it's a thing, it, you know, generally it's just, it's just unhealthy for you. It's just yeah. an, it's an unhealthy thing. You just, you, you want good things for your health. You just don't talk about the mafia. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you're aware of it. There is a, a river that runs through Waco. So. Brazos, yeah. so. Yeah, you don't want to end up sleeping with the fishes because bears eat fishes. And then poop them out. <laughs> well, I'm Matt Workman. That's Joe. How are you doing this night, Mr. Joe Goodman? I am uh, I am doing well, man. I'm uh, just really, really excited about a really fun sports weekend that we have this weekend that we will talk about a little bit later. Um, I want to know, Matt, how, how you had, uh, how, how everything went for you last week. Your favorite holiday of the year is Thanksgiving. You you had big family plans. You had people yeah. coming over to your house. How was your Thanksgiving? It was uh, everything went well. It was a good day. Got together. Um, I had some over overnight over the weekend guests, and that got to be a uh, a little bit of a beating. But I get to a point where I'm like, you know what, I'm done. <laughs> you know, it's time for people to go because. Uh, you're kind of interrupting my uh, whole routine, but it was fun. We had uh, extra dogs in the house for a night, which was 
something and uh wrangling my dog was was a chore for over the night over for friday night but it was all all well and good got together family had a bunch of food had a bunch of food left over so yeah having having pets over that's always tougher than i feel like people sometimes because they don't know your area and they make your pets act out like they don't normally act yeah um yeah, and it was kind of like they were puppies, and he's a year old, like fourteen months mm. old. So it was, and they were small, and he probably would have torn him up because he's he's like sixty pounds, and they were little bitty dogs. So, well, we had uh, we had Thanksgiving at my in laws' house on Thursday. There were seventeen people over there, so it was it was a lot. But I got to be the cool uncle and sit at the kids' table, so. I got to I got to avoid all the adult conversations and just sat with all the um, six to ten year olds. So that was actually a lot of fun for me. Well, that is certainly a way to go. Um, but that's always I volunteered for it. Yeah, that was it's always kind of um, when it's other people's kids, you get to be a little bit different. You know, like you said, the fun uncle, and it's it's kind of different. And I was I was. I'm always the kind of person that I'm always doing stuff. So I eat and I eat real quick. And then it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm running around the house doing stuff, making sure things are picked up, making sure everything's like it should be. And they're all talking Here's my wife's family. So they're all talking and telling stories. And I was kind of uh, having a good time, just making drinks and watching football. I had football on. Yeah. I was head that we were watching the, Football was on all day, so it was it was a good day. I honestly, I think I watched more college basketball than football. I watched the basketball game earlier. Yeah, it was. I, on the, I was watching the tournament, the, um, the Battle for Atlantis, and so um, I had that on until I think I put on the the football game, and then um, I I don't even know what happened. I I quickly forget what happened in those football games. So um, uh, if you're a Cowboys fan, I can imagine you. And I was, to quickly and I that am, game. I've come to a great point in my life in my Cowboys fandom to where it doesn't bother me anymore. Like I get to a point where I see what's, I see how this is going to go. I'm like, you know what? I'm done. And so I turned it off and I, <laughs> I went to bed. I think I went to bed. I was like, you know what? And I didn't even want to watch the Saints game. I was like, I don't even care. They're going to lose. Yeah, I think, I, think I just game. watched basketball all night because we, we, we had a, it's about, a, we're about an hour and a half away from where we were and we drove back that night. Um, okay. And so when we got back that night, I think I just, I think there was some late basketball on that I watched, but I don't even, I'm like you, I don't even remember. Um, But then Saturday, Saturday happened. Saturday was an interesting day too because I couldn't do Thanksgiving with my parents on Thursday. So we did. We did Thanksgiving on Saturday with my parents at my house. Uh, they came later in the day, though, which gave me the opportunity uh, to watch uh, Baylor play the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Did you have a? Did you, did you happen to catch that game? I did. I did. Start to finish. That was that. It was a weird, weird game because when it started off, I thought, "Oh, this is going to be fun," you know. With that, I think it was like just a couple plays into that first drive, and it's like a sixty-one yard touchdown past to Treston um and then it kind of just stalled out and it was like just weird we would put drives together and they would just stop 
and just come to like a brick wall. But we we got through it. Uh, was it 27, 24? And uh, got the win, got the 10 wins. I mean, if you'd have told, if, talking, if I'd have said, Joe, before the season, Baylor's going to be 10 and 2 at the end of the year. You would have not even thought that that was a in the realm of possibility. That was like so sunshine pumping, um, high hopes that it wouldn't happen. And then here, here it is, and it's reality. It's amazing, man. It's the sixth. Well, I think the sixth time yeah. in eleven years that we've won ten games, and I, I think we did it like what once in our history before that. Yeah. Um, oh, and there's another team in Texas, or two actually, during that same time period. They only did it one time. It's it's quite amazing how that works out. Um, we're we're in absolutely just the golden era of Baylor athletics, and it's yeah. wonderful. Um, even it's, with it's funny what happened whenever P put actually like put like funding and purposefulness behind like your athletics programs, what you can do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to the game itself, I, I hope it wasn't like my brain that ruined things or made it less fun because we hit that we hit the deep ball to Ebner like you said to start and then immediately after that we were we had a fumble recovery yeah and the first thought that popped into my head was huh this is how the TCU game started because that's exactly what happened we Abram Smith busted out uh, a touchdown run to start the TCU game off and I think we had a sack fumble where we got the ball back and it was like oh okay we're we're gonna blow this team out and for whatever reason my brain went to we did this exact same thing against TCU and, and then it turned into kind of a, a slog where our defense didn't really look as good as it, as it has all year. Um, like you said, our offense kind of stalled out there. I, I felt like we couldn't really get the running game going too much. Um, but Hey, you know, yeah. we toughed it out and won. And I think we've learned since then uh, that we had some guys with the flu on the team the people um, so missed practice and weren't hundred <clears throat> percent. So yeah, so, after after the fact, we, you know, Aranda talked about that after the after the game. So yeah, so given all that, like, um, sure, there was probably a lot of pressure on the guys too. Just yeah, for sure. Because I mean, don't you lose and like, you it's it's done. Like whatever happens after the rest of that rest of the day, it doesn't matter. It has no um, impact on what's going to happen to you. So kind of like we need to win this game to keep playing and we need, then the bedlam becomes very consequential for, for Baylor at that point. So yeah, pressure was probably on them to get that win. And they did. And then the rest of Saturday happened and bedlam happened. It was a crazy, I mean, I was talking to my wife and I was texting, I was texting people and I was on Twitter because you had like Auburn, Alabama was going on like that afternoon part of it after the Baylor win was like final. It was a, it was a wild, a bunch of events. Cause you had like the Auburn games going on. Auburn's up 10 to nothing in the fourth quarter. So I turned to that game and then it's 10 to three. And then that game goes into however many overtimes it did and, Michigan beat Ohio State earlier in the day, the same time Baylor was going on. It was just, it was a wild Saturday. It was a great Saturday at college football, just yeah. all around. Um, Stokes that we pulled it out 
got to that 10 win mark. And like you mentioned, uh, Oklahoma state and what was really a, a strange football game where, yeah, you know, Oklahoma didn't do anything right in the second half and was still pulling away with their lead in the third quarter. And then, you know, the Cowboys just chipped it away and chipped it away and chipped it away and finally took the lead. That defense that they've got is it's just truly wow. nasty. Really good. Um, very, very scary for us this weekend. Um, but man, you said it. If you if you ask me in August or July or even September when the season started and we were three and oh, right? When we we had played just Texas State, Texas Southern, and Kansas at that point. Yeah. If you had said, Hey, you guys are gonna go, you know, you're gonna win set, you're gonna win 10 games. You know, you're gonna win seven, you know, seven out of the the next nine that you've got, I would I'd I'd have bought that in a heartbeat. If you told me that one of the losses would be to TCU, but I got to win 10 games. I'd, I'd sign that deal as much yeah. as I hate losing to TCU. Yeah. If you said, you know, you're going to lose to TCU, but you'll beat Texas and Oklahoma. Oh, and I'll buy it in the big, uh, big 12 championship game. Yeah. I'm I'll buying that. that. I'll take it. Yeah, for sure. Every day. So sure. Uh, just, just absolutely stoked. Um, then as we move further on in the weekend though, Ugh. Some some crazy stuff started to happen. We're we're at this unique period of college football, and I don't know if it's the the early signing period or realignment or the massive, just huge amounts of money that college football makes these days. Yeah, uh, or uncertainty around the future. I don't know what is causing it, but this year, more than any time I can remember, just so many major players in the college football landscape are out there looking for coaches and we've started this weekend to get some closure. So I think the biggest, biggest one that happened first this weekend was USC. Uh, They fired Clay Helton. I think after week four this year, Uh, one of the biggest and most prestigious college football programs that has ever existed was looking for a head coach and they went and they poached a coach from one of the other blue bloods out there, Oklahoma, Lincoln, Riley, leaving Oklahoma and taking the entire coaching staff with him, uh, causing massive hemorrhaging of recruits and current players into the transfer portal. Uh, Lincoln Riley just nuked that team and went to USC, I think in a move that none of us saw because everybody assumed that if Lincoln Riley was going to leave Oklahoma, it was going to be to head to Baton Rouge to be the LSU coach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Matt, did you hear what happened with that job? Yes. Um, so you started after the Lincoln Riley thing, and I fully expected to wake up Sunday morning, and sometime during the day, you're going to see one of those Pete Thamel, Ross Dellinger, one of those reporters who cover like the coaching searches say, um, Lincoln Riley's coming to agreement with LSU. I mean, that, I know I was on Twitter just refreshing, waiting for it to happen. And then it didn't. And then all of a sudden, out of blue, it was like USC is going to take a swing at Lincoln Riley, and I was like, "What?" Then like it was maybe hours later. It was like they've agreed to to a a contract or whatever, and I was like, "This is wild." And then people in the LSU side, they're scrambling or fans. I don't know what they're doing really inside the program, but people are like, "Do we get?" He said, "No, we got used." Yada yada yada. So, and then people the following days 
didn't know what LSU was going to do until Monday. Um, and then Monday night, there was rumblings of like, well, Brian Kelly may be in play from Notre Dame. And it, I think I even like texted you. I said, hey, man, Brian Kelly, there's rumors. And you're like, no, nah, there's no. That's that's just crazy talk. And then, again, hours later, it's like they've agreed to – Brian has agreed to be the LSU coach. And you're like – and, like, both of these things happened in information getting out of – in a matter of hours, like, hey, this is – they're talking to boom, it's happening. And it's just head spitting. It, it was two days of coaching changes – that have that blew me away. It's one of the, we always talk about, you know, there's no loyalty in this sport, but you don't think about, think about it to that level. You assume that once you reach a certain job, there's a handful of jobs out there. Yeah. And Oklahoma, Notre Dame and USC are all in that list. They're in that tier one status of it's kind of assumed. If you get that job, the only way you're losing it is if you retire, you get fired or, or if the NFL comes and gets you. You don't leave to go to another college gig. Yeah, and that's what people said. Like every time Lincoln, they said if he did leave, it would be to like an NFL gig. Same thing with like Brian Kelly. They're like if he left Notre Dame, because it would be to go try it out at NFL, see if he did it NFL. But just like I would call it lateral moves at these premier premier blue blood of blue blood jobs like OU and Notre Dame are. You don't really see them as a, like you said, moving on to a different job when you have one of these top jobs already. So the other crazy thing about what we saw was Notre Dame is 11 and one and they were positioned to make the playoff. If, if any of the teams in front of them in the top four were to lose in their conference championship game, except for maybe Georgia, if Georgia loses, they're probably still getting it. Yeah. But if Michigan, Cincinnati, or Alabama lost, you kind of got the feeling that Notre Dame would have a really, really good shot at making the playoff. And Brian Kelly leaves that behind. And I got sent, I got sent an interesting anecdote, statistic, whatever you want to call it today by a buddy. And he said over the past 30 years, there have been 12 instances of a coach winning at least 11 games at at the helm of a power five or automatic qualifier school. So pre power five, the power six, when, you know, automatic qualifiers there. So there's been 12 instances where a coach has won 11 games and left at the end, you know, at the end of that season Um, of those 12, five of them left for the NFL five, either retired or resigned due to NCAA allegation uh, violations or scandals. So I think Jim Trestle's probably involved in that one. Yeah. Um, so that's 10, 10 out of the 12 or they either left for the NFL or they got quit or got fired for non-football reasons. Only two took a job at a different college football program. Those two college football instances in the last 30 years where a coach won 11 games at a major school and left to go to another college was Brian Kelly when he left Cincinnati when they were in the Big East mm-hmm. and now Brian Kelly leaving Notre Dame to go to LSU. He's the only guy that's done it in the last 30 years. And he's done it twice. It just, it's, it's mind blowing. When he left Cincinnati, they were undefeated and he didn't even go coach them in the bowl game. They were number three in the BCS when, so, when he left. Yeah, like a, so Notre Dame just saw this coming. I mean, that's how, 
That's how they got him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly's the guy that he cheated on his wife and then divorced her and married, married the person he was cheating on his wife with. And then she's, you know, she found out that he's cheating on her now. Yeah. And yeah that's, that's what's going on. Um, luckily for LSU, he's 60. So I don't know if he has another one of these moves in him. But it brings up, I think, an interesting question that was posed to us by our buddy Jack Ryan, OFC Dibble on Twitter. Really, really great follow and just even yeah. better human being, by the way. Love Jack to death. Yes. Um, great guy. He said, follow I'm putting this question to my favorite podcasters. When and how is the best way to change jobs as a college football coach? How do you rate Matt Rule's departure versus Riley, Kelly, Dykes, etc.? Okay. So my my initial thought, or for the first part of the question, I say like there, I don't think there's there's a great way. And so you circumstances come into play. If you're not around the team, you know, I have no problem with hey, here's our team group message, here's what's going on. Because so, there's no way that it's not gonna I know you always want to tell people in person, tell your team in person. But um, what I would say would be there's no good way to to do that. So what you want to do is do it the best way you think you can. So like with Brian Kelly, for instance, like he was on the road, I believe. News was going to come out that he was with in this day with social media and, you know, people trying to be the first to break the news. There's no way for since you're not there, there's, there was no way for him to meet with his team before it broke and they were going to see it on Twitter. So I think that's the best way you can do it, but I don't have any problem with it. I know there are a lot of people on like clutching their pearls on Twitter about he always, oh, he's, I can't believe it. I've lost all respect for Brian Kelly. And I was like, I mean, there's other reasons to lose respect for Brian Kelly. Like, you know, I <laughs> done some, he said some things. I don't have, a, I don't have a problem with, with coaches changing jobs. And I agree. I, I, I agree. I don't think there's like a good way to do it. Brian Kelly, though, is it's so unique because when you're at a program like Notre Dame and you are knocking on the door to have the opportunity to win a national championship, yeah, and you just walk away from that, you know, so it, you know, it leads you to believe like he didn't think they had the opportunity to win a national championship if they made the playoff or not because making the battery doesn't and care a national championship, those are two different things. It's either it's either that that he didn't think they could win it, so why go and do this again? I don't want to go get embarrassed by another. I don't want to go get embarrassed by an SEC team or Clemson again because I think yeah. he's lost to Bama in the BCS. He lost to Bama in the playoff, and he lost to Clemson in the in the playoff. Yeah, I don't, you know, unless he's saying I don't think I don't I don't see this team doing it. We couldn't beat Cincinnati. We're not going to win yeah. the playoff, or. He just doesn't care about winning national championships. He just cares about coaching football week to week and making a ton of money. And LSU, we had heard it was going to be fifteen million. It turned out it's not that no. much. It's it's about nine million a year is what he's getting paid. But Did man, you see I see that Ross Dellinger like broke down his contract. Yeah, and he's getting like nine mil. Then the, then it, it escalates every contract it's, year. He gets 50 hours personal use on a private jet. He gets either two courtesy cars or an allowance of $1,000 a month to spend on a vehicle, which $1,000 a month to spend on a car. You can get, you can get a real, real nice car. 
Yeah. And they're giving him an interest-free loan to buy a house. So that's that's pretty sweet. Uh, It's not what Lincoln Riley got. Lincoln Riley got a house as part of his deal and uh, reportedly unlimited use of a private jet. So, ooh, man, the stuff that these coaches are getting, it's tough to turn down. Uh, One discussion that we had on Twitter today, one of the ways to maybe solve this was relooking at the early signing period because yeah i think that's what's driving the coaches leaving early i people have said this is what's driving coaches getting fired or i don't think it's what's causing them to get fired early but i do think it's what's causing guys to leave early so it's causing a lincoln riley to really want to leave oklahoma before their bowl game or a brian kelly yeah. to just get to lsu as fast as he can because they want to get in front of these kids before the first signing day get everybody that they can show that they're there already. And I think ADs that are hiring are putting pressure on these coaches too, saying I can pay you this $9 million a year. If you come now, if you don't, I can call the next guy on, on, on my list and I can keep going down the list until I find somebody that'll get here. Now I've got people that want to come because these are blue blood schools. Yeah. And it's interesting. I'm, I'm interested in see like what his uh, like staff budget's going to be. Cause I, I read a report today. Like he had already talked like on Monday, he was talking to Marcus Freeman, who's the defensive coordinator for Notre Dame, to come with him and be the highest-paid defensive coordinator in the country. Scott Woodward, the AD at LSU, knows how to do one thing, and that's how to spend money. And hey, that could make you a really good athletic director in this in this in this landscape in the NCAA in college sports. If you can spend money and you've got the ability to do that, and people backing you to give you that money, you can look like a really really darn good athletic director. Yeah. Um, now the other part of Jack's question, uh, was regarding how do we rate the Matt rule departure compared to what we've seen this year? And we haven't even talked about like Sonny Dykes, the new, you yeah. know, taking the job at LSU. Which, he left SMU TCU, early. Calm down. Yeah. Calm, calm down. down it's all the like, uh, videos and stuff <laughs> flying helicopters into the stadium. All right. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't wait for him to be perpetually between you know five and seven and eight and four yeah every year um yeah so yeah or even virginia tech they they made a higher today too so yeah washington under the radar Mm -hmm. with um they hired fresno state's coach and i sorry fresno state's in in washington i don't remember that guy's name i think it's Um, kellen bower maybe yeah, I think that sounds right. I think that's and then Bill, your boy Billy Napier goes to Florida. Goes to Florida, and no one's. I um, mean, this if you're Billy Napier, and you're kind of loving it because no one's talking about you going to Florida, and and he's the type of guy like he's still coaching. He didn't leave. He had a press conference the other day here in Lafayette because they have the in the Sun Belt the conference championship game is at the home stadium of the higher rated team, which is is Louisiana this year. So they have a home game for the conference championship on Saturday. Yeah. You know, and when I look at these, I, it makes me feel a little bit better about Matt rule. Yeah. Well, the thing about Matt rule, he was up front with like, here's my career aspirations. If someone asked him, he'd be like, yeah, eventually I want to coach the NFL. That's kind of like my, my career goal. Matt Rule is so, I, I know I know a lot of Baylor fans still absolutely love Matt Rule. Mm-hmm. 
I'm not in that. I'm not, I don't, I don't hate Matt rule, but you left my school. I'm not going to follow you with love forever. It's just not how I'm wired. Um, Shocked Baylor fans would do that for a coach. <laughs> and I, I'm fine with how many people love Matt rule. And again, I have no animosity towards the guy. It's just, I don't actively root for him anymore because he left Baylor. Uh, that being said, I think we all expected him to go to the NFL at some point. He was flirting with them even after our 1-11 year. He had a phone call with the Indianapolis Colts. So, when you know, you know, I think we always thought it was inevitable that Matt Rule would leave. And he picked us up out of the ashes, rebuilt us from, you know, a horrible situation and, and did everything he could to leave us in a spot where a guy like Dave Aranda could come in and do things and, and continue um, what he had started with that rebuild. And I think Matt rule is to be honest with you, just as a sports fan and as a person that thinks college athletes deserve the same respect as anybody else in the world. I think Matt rule did a hundred times better in the way he handled leaving Baylor, even, even though he said some things at the end that, you know, you know, talking about how much he wanted to stay and, and, you know, a lot of coach speak that he gave us and signing the deal that he did that made it look like he was going to stay a little bit longer. He, and I don't, I don't think he was being disingenuous. I I don't either. I think, I think, I don't think there was a college. I don't think there was a college job. Matt rule would have left for. No, maybe Penn state. Yeah, but Penn State wasn't going to be there. No. But yeah, you're right. And then Lincoln was recruiting and looking kids in the eyes. And, you know, there was no inkling that he was aiming for a bigger job, which you're already at OU, like you talked about. There's really not a, there's very few bigger jobs at OU. So it's it's a difference of like, we're going to be straight up with you as opposed to, and I don't believe this is something that just happened in 24, 48 hours. Not at all. I think they're using LSU as like smokescreen because no one's talking about USC and Lincoln Rally in the same. I mean, it was dead silence on USC. There's nothing going on. And then all of a sudden he's hired. So, yeah, I mean, everybody, I think I, I know all my Iowa State fan, friends thought Matt Campbell was to, to, to USC was a done deal. Or but, I thought um, it was going to be the reverse. I thought maybe Brian Kelly would go USC because it's similar yeah. to kind of similar dynamics as Notre Dame because a private school and all the like the academics and things of that nature that uh, you run into with Notre Dame, you probably have a little bit the same similar aspects at USC. Yeah, for sure. But Jack, to answer your question, I think I think Matt Rule handled it much better and I'm thankful that we had our coach stay, coach yeah. the conference championship game, and coach us in the Sugar Bowl that year. Uh, I I would much pre- I much preferred that than than having an interim head coach going into that bowl game and and having to be yeah. in that kind of situation that these kids are going to have to be in. So, uh, kudos to you, Matt Rule, for for doing at least right by us in the way that you left. And there was there was I mean Matt Rule's a type of guy. He's also the type of guy. He's not going to leave. Um, unfinished, what he would feel unfinished business. So, like, he wouldn't leave a team in the before they played the bowl game or at the end of the year, before the season's even over. But also, I don't think he, if Baylor had not been in that position in the Big 12 championship game, I don't, if they would have been after that seven and six season, if they had gone 
six and six again. I don't know if he goes because I think he's the kind of guy who would think like I'm kind of not done with what I set out to do here at Baylor. We're not. Mm. I haven't built them to where they like. Even Temple was winning conference championships when he left. He kind of built them up to. I've rebuilt this program. And he did the same thing with Baylor. I rebuilt this program. And he's trying to do that in Carolina. It's becoming a little bit more difficult, but. So, yeah. Before we move on to picks, let's stick on this topic just for one more minute. Okay. I want to know there's, we've gotten closure at USC. Mm -hmm. We've gotten closure at LSU. We've gotten closure at Florida. We've gotten closure at Washington and Virginia Tech. Texas Tech has hired a coach. TCU's hired their coach. Right now, we've got Notre Dame and Oklahoma that are still coachless. What are the Matt Workman predictions for who lands in those two gigs? I think Notre Dame, I think Luke Fickle's finally going to move on from Cincinnati. Because that's just my gut feeling. It's, it's, but Notre Dame's in a, in a particular position where they can wait for the playoff to see whatever happens in Cincinnati. If they get into the playoff, they can wait for that to run its course, however that turns out, because they're a, a rare school. Did not every every university is in that position to be able to wait where it goes recruiting and all that stuff. But um, if it's not Luke Fickle, I think it's probably Matt Campbell, I think would be my next my next pick. Okay. And then for Oklahoma, I have no idea for Oklahoma. I mean, I don't know where they would go. Bob Stoops, keep him around. Come, let him come back, do a little uh, Bill Snyder tour. So as funny as that would be, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I'll give you my two picks. I, I think Notre Dame, I think, is going to stay in-house. I've been convinced of it. I think they're going to go with Marcus Freeman, their defensive coordinator, who Kelly's trying to get to LSU, but yeah, with the success that Ohio State had with Ryan Day, or it has had with Ryan Day, and the success that Oklahoma had with Lincoln Riley, both yeah. guys without head coaching experience, but really strong coordinators, really strong recruiters, and very positively looked upon by their fan base and by the players and the recruits there. You know, I think Notre Dame is going to look at that and follow in the same mold. Their fans are screaming for it. Everybody involved with Notre Dame seems to want Marcus Freeman to get the job. I part of me wants to say, and you know, I still have this in the back of my head. I'll be surprised if a program like Notre Dame hands the keys over to a guy that's only been there for one season. This is his only season at Notre Dame and has no head coaching experience. And and to be honest, limited experience as a sole defensive coordinator. He was a co-defensive coordinator for a couple of years. Uh, I think he was at Purdue. Um, and I can't remember where he was right before Notre Dame, but he's been there for one year. But by all accounts, he's doing a great job and everybody loves him. So I think Marcus Freeman's going to get that job. I think, I think Notre Dame is going to stick with a little bit of continuity. They've got two amazing recruiting classes for 2022 and 2023 that by all accounts, Marcus Freeman is the, you know, the mastermind behind. I think Notre Dame is going to want to keep that around. So they're going to go with, with Marcus Freeman. And I think if they decide they need somebody with head coaching experience, I agree. It'll be fickle. I think that's my one and two in Notre Dame. 
for Oklahoma, I think it's going to be Brent Venable's job to refuse. He was a defensive yeah. coordinator there for a very long time under Bob Stoops. He's been the defensive coordinator at Clemson for uh, Dabo Swinney, winning multiple national championships with Dabo. So um, he is another kind of Bill Snyder acolyte, was at Kansas yeah. State with Bob Stoops when they worked for Bill Snyder. It just fits the Oklahoma DNA that, that they've had for 20-plus years now. So I think it's going to be Venable's job to refuse after him. Man, I don't know. I, yeah, I I would have, I would have thought, I would have thought Mark Stoops after him, but Mark Stoops just got a nice new contract from Kentucky. And to be honest, Kentucky. Did you see his contract? Yeah. Like the the terms. Yeah. It automatically is a one-year extension if he wins seven games Mm -hmm. and then two years. If he wins 10 games, like it automatically triggers an extension. So he's got the best contract. It, what I love about it is because Kentucky admin, the athletic department, they know like, yeah, we understand where we're at. You know, they, they get who Seven they are. Wins, you're getting an extension. And, and that's all they need. And I love that, man. Yeah. I love, I, I think Mark Stoops, I think Mark Stoops is going to be there forever. I do. I, I think he's going to sit back and he's going to say, look, I can win seven to nine games here. They're going to be really happy with me. This is a basketball school. He said they two just don't ten win seasons. Yeah, they they don't they don't want to be a, they, they just don't want to be a doormat. And Mark Stoops can do that for them. So Absolutely. I don't think he's going to Oklahoma. So if Brett Venable says no, I don't I don't know. But I would for my personal entertainment, I hope it would be Josh Heupel. So then Tennessee's in the midst of a job search. That, that search. Tennessee wouldn't let that happen. They would Tennessee would pay him what Brian Kelly's getting paid Bring right Josh now. Apple back home to Norman. <laughs> the Sooners would love it. And I was, I think we're talking about going circling back to Marcus Freeman. Um, I think I agree with what you're saying. He's kind of like the defensive side of like Lincoln Riley, the whole like coming coming in. Right. Um, he's in a great position, so he has no bad choices. He can either be the DC at LSU and make two and a half, three million dollars a year. He can go to Cincinnati. He was a DC at Cincinnati under Fickle. He can go back to Cincinnati if Fickle takes the job and be the head coach at Cincinnati and probably make four, five million dollars a year. And then he's going to eventually go into the Big 12 and be a power five coach anyway. Or they're going to hire him in Notre Dame and he's going to be the head coach of Notre Dame. So, I mean, you have no bad choices. Yeah, he's in. He's he is sleeping well tonight. Yeah, he's got he's got nothing but good problems at the moment. Yeah, for sure. All right, Matt. Let's let's dive into everybody's favorite portion: our our picks of the week, and we're changing it up a little bit. Normally, we run through the Big Twelve Plus, so the current Big Twelve Plus are our future members. Uh, we run through each one of their games every week, but. Everybody's played their 12 games, with the exception of USC and Cal, which is, I think they had a canceled game and they're making it up this weekend. So it's just weird. Why do um, you play that game? I don't understand. Why I don't know. Money. That's why. I mean, nothing to the. It's, it's money. It's people, people are going to put it on TV and that ad space will be bought. So someone is going to be lining their pockets with USC money. And, that's why that game's being played. USC and, I mean, okay, whatever. 
Yeah. But this week, because because most everybody's already played their games, we're going to run you through each one of the Power Five uh, conference championship games. And then we're also going to throw in the AAC championship game as a bonus because it features it features two future Big 12 members in Cincinnati and Houston. We'll get to them. So let's go ahead and dive in, Matt. Our first conference championship game this week is actually on Friday night, 7 p.m. The lowly Pac-12 looking to be recognized and actually get people to watch them uh, because they can't get any fans to show up in their stadiums this year. We have Oregon versus Utah Friday night at 7 p.m. on ABC. Uh, Utah, the lower-ranked team, is a three-point favorite over Oregon. Matt, who you got in this game? Um, I'm going to go with Oregon. I think Oregon just got beat by Utah. I do believe they just got like routed by Utah a couple weeks ago. Um, I think they're going to fix whatever problems they had in that game. Um, it's hard to beat a team twice in a year. I think that um, an Oregon will, will get it done and uh, take care of Utah. I am going to go the opposite. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is a rematch of last year's Pac-12 title game yes. when Utah was on the brink of making the playoff and Oregon upset them to go to the Fiesta Bowl and then eventually lose to Iowa State in that Fiesta Bowl. Uh, it's been like a rematch of the last two, hasn't it? Were they I in think you're right. And they yeah, Kyle Whittingham Oregon? and Mario Cristobal kind of have a stranglehold on this. Um, but I am going to say that Utah is going to exercise the demons of last year. They're favored by three for a reason. Like you said, they've already beaten Oregon this year. I am not impressed by Oregon. They've been riding the high of that Ohio state win all season long. Yeah. But as I've mentioned multiple times on this podcast, they lost to Stanford. Mm -hmm. And if you lose to Stanford, that's just bad. Stanford is bad this year. And I'm taking Utah to cover. So I think Utah wins this game by seven to 10 points. They're only a three point favorite. Utah is going to grab themselves a Pac-12 trophy and head to the Rose Bowl. That's what I got in this game. All right. Next on the list, we have the big SEC game on CBS. Georgia takes on Alabama. The dogs are a six and a half point favorite. And, um, I'm interested to see your thoughts about this game. So this is, man, like this is another one of those quote-unquote game of the century SEC yeah. games yeah. that we've, that we seem to get. We always, there always seems to be two SEC teams at the top, whether it's Georgia and Alabama or Florida and Alabama or Alabama and LSU. It just always seems to be Alabama and whoever the other hot pick of the year is. That said, I am not impressed as I normally am by Alabama this year, I've watched them play in a couple games. I watched the Aggie mm-hmm. game, which they lost. I watched yes. the Iron Bowl this last week, which they took four overtimes to win. And should've Auburn, Auburn should have won that game. Stay in bounds. Stay in bounds. That, that, one, that one play. Yeah. One play from winning that football game. Uh, so, you know, and maybe it's just because I've only watched Bama play in their bad performances, but I watched them play LSU. They almost lost to LSU also. Yeah, they, that was that was another tight one. I think they didn't play great against Arkansas either. I think that one they were that one was they won by seven. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> this isn't this isn't Bama from four years ago. This isn't the well, LSU team from two years ago. Yeah. The equivalent of that. Yeah. I think I have said all year long in the games that I've watched Georgia play and the things that I've seen from Georgia, 
I don't think anybody can beat them this year. I think I think Georgia is like 2019 LSU, where they're just they're just better than everyone. Start to finish, that is the best team. They've been the best team, and, and it's and it's clear. So six and a half points in a game against Alabama. I I, I, I somebody should, somebody look this up. If you're listening, tweet me if you know this information. The last time Bama was a touchdown underdog, yeah, because that's huge. That said, I'm taking Georgia to cover this game. Yeah. I, I just think Georgia is that much better than everybody. Yeah, and I agree. I think Georgia is going to roll through this and probably win by a couple touchdowns and um, finish that uh, undefeated season and head on to the playoff for sure. All right, so we're in the, we're in the middle now of our pick sandwich here. Not as many games this week, but we'll dive into the AAC uh, with our new Big 12 teams, this is the other 3 o'clock game on the slate on Saturday. This one on ABC, the University of Houston versus Cincinnati, undefeated Cincinnati, fourth-ranked in the college football playoff Cincinnati, looking to be the first group of five school to ever make the playoff Cincinnati. They face off. Cincinnati is a 10.5-point favorite over the University of Houston, who only has one loss this year. Matt, what do you think about this game? I think, um, like you said, it's a ten and a half point favorite Cincinnati's way. I think Houston's just a little bit too good to get beat by double digits, regardless uh, how good Cincinnati's been. I think that um, Cincinnati will win. I'm picking them to win the game, but I think that um, UH um, Houston covers the the ten points, and it's it's a closer game, you know, one score game. So I have a couple of times predicted Cincinnati's death this year. And yes. I'm going to do it again. All right. I love it. <laughs> I, I've watched U of H play a few times this year. They're, they're a solid football team. I don't think they're, they're not world beaters. There's a reason they lost to Texas Tech. They're vulnerable. A lot of teams could beat them. And, you know, there's been some teams that have been positioned to get close this year. But... Dana, Hol- Dana Holgerson's a pretty damn good coach, and they've got some good players on that Houston team. I think I think Luke Fickle's name being involved in that Notre Dame job all week long is going to be a distraction. I think there's so much pressure on this Cincinnati team to win this football game, and I think U of H is probably the best team that they've played all year since they played Notre Dame. And I don't know. I'm just going to pick U of H to win this football game because I I just got a vibe on it, man, that the universe, the universe is going to bail the playoff committee out here and Cincinnati's going to lose a game and Gary Barta and the rest of his group crew aren't going to have to worry about putting a group of five team in. So Cincinnati, if they lose, see, I was playing with like the five, 538 like interactive tool for college football playoff mm-hmm. and it shows like percentages of like if this happens this team has this percentage to make the playoff and so like if like if you have cincinnati lose if and i kept georgia the same and then michigan lose and then pitt beat wake forest and baylor win you have baylor has like an 81 percent chance to make the playoff according to 538 numbers Right. That's disregarding the human element. Yes. Yeah. That's just straight like probabilities. 
But um, yeah, I can see it going that way. I think they're too good for that. So I think it'll be a good game. But uh, I've stuck with Cincinnati. And I heard, I was listening to our friends over at the uh, the 1012 podcast, and they were talking about how if you're the Big 12 or Bob Bowles, you kind of want Cincinnati and Oklahoma State to win because there's a chance you can get two future current and one future team in the playoff. And when everyone was kind of talking about the Big 12's demise, it's like we just got two teams. Half the ahead. playoff. Yeah. But, yeah, I think Cincinnati will take care of it. Um, next on the list is the Big Ten championship game. Michigan takes on Iowa. Michigan is a 10.5-point favorite. Um, this is a wild game because these aren't the teams are supposed to be in this game a week ago. God, no. And now we're at like Michigan and Iowa for the Big Ten championship game. Um, do you think that um, – or I'll say this. How do you think this will play out? So Michigan's a 10.5-point favorite. Um, this is a night game, but it's indoors. It's in Indianapolis um, at 7 p.m. on Saturday night. Uh, these tickets are insane. I think the last I saw, the cheapest ticket that you could buy was almost $300 for this game. Uh, on the uh, on the secondary market, these are these are two programs that have massive fan bases. Mm-hmm. And they travel debt, and they travel, and they're starved. Yeah, you know, I, Ohio State has dominated that conference for a long time. This is the Iowa and Michigan haven't had an opportunity to eat like this in a while, so it's going to be a rowdy environment. Both these teams play really, really good defense, mm-hmm. and. Iowa, I've watched them play a few times this year. They have a lot of problems on the offensive side of the football, but they can stop anybody. Yeah. So when I look at this game, I am I am a huge Iowa fan in this one because I'm a big fan of team chaos and let's get Michigan the hell out of there. Also, my dad was born in Ohio. So just by my bloodline, I have to say I don't give a damn for the whole state of Michigan. Um, so man, ah. Uh, I want to pick Iowa to win this one, but I just think they both got a really good defense and Michigan's got a better offense. So when I think of it that way, that means Michigan gets the edge. I think this is going to be a very low scoring game. I think Iowa's going to hold them and hold them and hold them, but they'll just never be able to score. Mm-hmm. This might be a game where Iowa scores like six or nine points. So yeah. I am taking Michigan to win this game, but Iowa will cover that 10 and a half. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I can see this game being. 17 to 10, 13 right. to 10, something like that. Um, but yeah, I think Michigan, I think Michigan's gonna take care of it, but I you'll barely be more than 10 and a half points scored in in my opinion. So they'll I will cover that that 10 and a half point spread. Yeah, since we're both predicting that, it's probably gonna be just an absolute shootout. Yeah, it's gonna, yeah. Or Michigan's gonna be it's gonna be like 52 to 3. <laughs> All right, so before we get to the game of the week, we've got one more Power 5 championship game. This one also at 7 p.m. This is the ABC game at 7 p.m. In the ACC, we have Pittsburgh versus Wake Forest, which yeah, is times. everybody expected this, right? If, you, if you've watched college football in the last 10 years, Pitt, Pitt and Wake Forest, these are the two powerhouses of the ACC. Uh, Pitt is actually a three-point favorite in this game. Wake Forest was one of the, the last undefeated teams, if I remember correctly, this year. Yeah. So so Pitt now favored by three. What do you think is going on in this one? 
man. I don't know. I think I'm just going on my gut here because I this I think Wake Forest is going to win and cover the three points and beat Pitt. They have this wild offense where they have you seen Wake Forest play the claw fence where they do this um, RPO where they in the mesh point that he rides with them to the line of scrimmage before the quarterback. It's just crazy. I watching it. I get anxiety watching it every time I watch him play just because I think make a decision. I just get, <laughs> but I like their offense. I think um, they're going to be able to take care of Pitt. Wake Forest reminds me of 2011 Baylor. Mm-hmm. So a really explosive that. offense, Yeah, but just not there yet. Yeah, on uh, as a football team as a whole, and I don't I don't mean 2011 Baylor and that they've got a Heisman quarterback. They don't, but I you know that no that Baylor team could go out there and blow anybody out, but then also just get absolutely mollywhopped by A and M or Kansas State, which they did. Yes, they did. <laughs> um, so I'm taking Pitt to cover in this one. I think Pitt is just the more complete, calmer, just all around football team pit doesn't pit's got a decent offense but they don't have the offense that wake forest has wake forest has just an elite offense but wake forest defense is total garbage and if you can just get two or three stops on wake you can beat them and i think pit has the ability to get two or three stops win this game by four maybe seven so i'm going to take i'm going to take pit to cover this one this is also a matchup of like uh september heisman candidates yeah yeah pitts quarterback like, and you have kenny pickett and like sam hartman i get confused because north carolina has sam howe and then you have wake forest which is in north carolina has sam hartman i believe yeah so but yeah it'll be interesting to watch this game and finally the game of the week Baylor takes on Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship game. Oklahoma State is a a five-and-a-half-point favorite. This game is at 11 a.m. on ABC. Joe, please tell me, what are your thoughts on this game? So, you know, the easy thing to do here is to be a homer. Mm Mm-hmm. But I want to try. I, I want to do my best to be objective and look at this game with just my college football fan hat on, just like I would looking at the Oregon, Utah, or Georgia, Alabama game. And when I look at everything and I think about the game that we already played against Oklahoma State, I think about the games that Baylor's played since then. And I think about the game that Oklahoma or games Oklahoma State has played since then. And I judge what's going to happen in this game with Oklahoma State as a five and a half point favorite being on a neutral field. Oklahoma State probably going to have a little bit more fans there. They probably travel a little bit better than, than we do. They're bigger than we are. It's just the way it happens. Yeah. I honestly have to say that what I think is going to happen on Saturday is that, of course, your Baylor Bears are going to be the big 12 champions. What do you think I'm going to say? They're absolutely going to go in there and win this damn football game. We should have won the game in Stillwater. It was the worst game we played all year. I don't care what you say. I think it was even worse than the TCU game. TCU just got yeah. out there and got lucky with a bunch of those plays that they ran. We should have won that game. But we absolutely 
could have won a night game on the road in Stillwater against one of the best teams in the country. I don't think Dave Miranda makes the same mistakes that we made in that game. I think Jeff Grimes had an awful game calling plays, and it's one of the few games this year that he's had a a four-quarter game where I think he went back, looked at the film, and said, man, I could have absolutely done a better job as a coach. I think knowing what's going to happen against Mike Gundy's defense this uh, this time around, I think we're going to see a much better version of this offense, even if we don't have Gary Bohan and if we have Blake Shapin in there because he comes and he brings his own problems with him that a defense has to handle. Baylor's going to win this football game. It's on a neutral field. It's not on the road. It's not night in Stillwater. And guess what? We've got Terrell Bernard this time. We didn't have him last time. That's right. Baylor's winning the Baylor's winning the ship, y'all. In the year that Oklahoma and Texas said, you guys aren't good enough for us anymore. And they couldn't even make the championship game themselves. A year after Baylor only won t- two games. A year in that since we started getting good, all we've heard is that Dave Aranda doesn't want to coach for us. He's going to go to LSU. He's going to go to USC. He's going to go to USC because he's a lifelong Dodger fan. Go Bruce Feldman with that one. That's all we've heard all year. Guess what, guys? You're going to get to buy a hat and a shirt that says Baylor's the Big 12 champions. I'm calling it right now. Baylor wins this game. I love it. Um, and I, I agree. I mean, there are a lot of points that you make are are absolutely spot on. The... I think the biggest factor is that um, Trevor didn't play last game. And I think he's that big of an impact on the defense. And the, 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 if you look back at um, Travis Roeder's um, breakdowns, we had issues in the middle of our defense and the, the replacement for Trevor um cost us some plays. I mean, that's just from having an inexperienced player there in that pivotal position. So I think he's going to make a big impact defensively. This game is going to be I, – I see it being a lot like the, the OU game. And I think our defense is going to come to play. And I think the offense, like you said, is going to be a lot better prepared. It's not going to be the same atmosphere. It's going to be a little, it's going to be a little bit more welcoming. It's in, and it's 11 a.m. We don't lose at 11 a.m. So I think if Baylor goes up against any team not named Georgia and plays their game for four quarters, yeah, their game for four quarters, they can beat anybody. Absolutely. We can wear you down. If you look at the Texas defense game. Defense look at like the Oklahoma did, game. We play defense like we did against Kansas State. It, it's easy, man. You play easy, defense man. like you did against Kansas State, Oklahoma. Spencer Sanders is not going to score on you. Jalen no. Warren's not going to score on you. No. So, so yeah, we got Kalen Barnes back for sure this week. We might Kaylin have Christian back. Morgan back too. Um, so, Al Walcott, he he got a targeting. Was that in the first half last last week or second? It was in the first half. Okay, so he'll he'll be back. He won't have to. He'll be back. Time. Okay. Um, so yeah, you'll have everyone back. TV's back. Um. Or TV will be playing in the game. Uh, yeah. Baylor with a dub. Why not? Why not us? Come on. I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. No. I think it's probably going to be a three, four-point game. It's going to be get, take your blood pressure meds. Make sure you got a comfy seat to sit down in. I'll don't watch it. this game over a hard surface. I would love to have one of those games to where, yes, it's close, but where you can feel like the game control, like, well, Baylor's in complete control of this game. Give me, Give me... April 5th, 2021. That's what I want. 
Give me yeah. the national championship game where yeah, that's what, where we just yes. cruise. Yes. Where let's go up twenty eight to nothing. Let's do that. Yeah, now, I don't want the number twenty eight involved. Twenty four to nothing. That'll make me feel twenty four to nothing. <laughs> but give me give me the only stress that I have to feel is waiting for the other team to come back. Because when we played Gonzaga in the national championship game, the only stress was, are, oh, oh no, did they get it to twelve? Maybe they maybe they're within striking distance now. That's that's what I want, man. And and I we could do it. We could we could absolutely do this thing. And then if we got a chance to play in the Sugar Bowl against Alabama, which is it seems to be the hot pick that will end up in the Sugar Bowl against Alabama. Could you yeah. could it's you imagine? Man. As a Baylor fan, could you, <laughs> I'm getting giddy thinking about it. If we got to say we beat Nick Saban. Woo. Woo. Yeah. Have an um, Aggie talk to me then. I was having um I was having a conversation with a little group chat with some Baylor friends, and we had this conversation about, well, here's the scenarios, you know, if we could lose and still get to the Sugar Bowl or maybe a Fiesta Bowl and Notre Dame, all these different different scenarios. And a, a buddy of mine, I'm a shout out, Andrew Black, he was like, um, you know what? Let's just win both and be legends. Yeah, man. You know, Let's just do it. Just win everything we the, got in front of the us. The tenor of it was like, I'd rather not get blown out by Alabama, you know, in the bowl game. Right. And then I was like, and then he was like, you know what? Why don't we just win them both and be legends? And so, yes, that's that's what I'm going with. Let's do that. Ah. <laughs> I'm giddy thinking about it. I am. I'm I am just I'm so stoked that Petrie and Bernard, especially those two, that those two dudes and and Ebner, I those three, Ebner, Petrie, Bernard, more I probably more than anybody else. Like I love Taekwon, I love Sneed. I mean, those three guys. I'm so those glad they get another shot at this. So Petrie, Bernard, Ebner. Those guys, though they were on the one and eleven team. And so circling back to Matt Rule, um, a lot of these guys are I mean, I think in retrospect, if you look at Matt Rule, you look at this team, it's filled with that first class, that 2017 class, who guys like Abram Smith, guys like, like you said, Petrie, Bernard, Ebner, who came in with his new coach and have gone to the big 12 championship game twice. So a special place. Did you see the video of the, the Baylor? Um, I think their Twitter account Baylor, I think it was athletics Twitter account put out where they're doing the senior. Mm, yeah. The senior videos. And like Petrie, when they announced Petrie, he comes around the corner, the crowd just goes, it's like it's biggest like ovation for him and just goes crazy. And that's just the time of, that's the effect he has on Baylor. Like everyone loves Jalen Petrie for everybody even knows why. He was the the one commit in 2016 or after 2016, the one commit. And so they I'm just super excited for him. I love this team. I, I really, really I love this team. I've lo- I love everything about this year. This has been just such a such a great year it has been it's i'm sad that we're at the point now where we're where we are past you know past the the meat 
and we're coming towards the finish line yeah. and it's it's just been a blast man what what started off doom and gloom with the announcement of Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC that really turned into a level of camaraderie and togetherness among the other eight big 12 schools this year that I've never seen before. And the interactions that I've had with other fan bases and the interactions that I've had with Baylor fans and the level of celebration that has occurred for success this year amongst that group of eight teams has been, has just been something to behold. And it's an experience in a football year that I won't forget. And man, it's just been fun. And I, I hope, I hope we keep going as long as possible. I hope the craziest things in the world all align and Baylor doesn't just have two games left. They have three and, you know, meaning we get into the playoff and let's make a run for the national championship. Why not? Why not us? Right. So yeah, buckle in guys. Let's bring some hardware home on Saturday and, and I'll be there. I will say if you're listening to this and you're and you're on the fence at all about whether or not you should go on Saturday, if you have the ability to go, absolutely do it. it. It's a bit of a financial commitment. It's a little bit more expensive of a ticket than I think a lot of other games might be. But man, it's it's not every day this happens. I was talking to, to Zach, ZK Mavs, one of the guys yeah. that hosts a, a big uh, tailgate at the home games. Um, we were talking about, he was asking asking me about what section he should buy tickets in. He was thinking about the club or somewhere else. And I said, man, do the club. You know, this is not something that happens every day. It's just something that happens every other year. Yeah. (laughs) But, but in all reality, as we've talked about at the top, this is the golden age of Baylor athletics, the opportunity to go to games like these. You never know if you're going to make it back. You you don't know when the next time you're going to get to watch Baylor in a conference championship game. So make it if you can, um, but if you can't just cheer them on from home and send them the good vibes. Uh, I know I've talked to a couple of people who said that they'll probably listen to this on their drive to Dallas this weekend at some point. So if you're listening to us right now, big shout out to you guys drive safe, travel safe. And thanks for listening to us while you're going, but the man just stoked that, you, that you're going to the game. I will be there. Um, I'm going with Brian, sir, Fahrenheit on Twitter. Uh, awesome. We'll be sitting in section 250. So come and say hi. I think Blake Blackmar, former Baylor, Baylor offensive lineman and now us meat smoker extraordinaire, I believe is hosting a tailgate. He posted yeah. that information on Twitter. So I'm going to swing by there. My college roommate will be going to the game with me too. Uh, he's not a big person on Twitter or anything, but if you know, you guys can meet him, he's a really cool dude, but yeah, DM me on Twitter, ping me in public on Twitter. If, if you're going to the game, let me know. L- would love to meet up and give you a high five. Um, but man, it's going to be exciting. when We bring that, that trophy home. Yes, go to the game. If you have the opportunity, please go to the game. Uh, I'm in the other camp. I cannot make it. Um, but I am I'm one of the, I'm choosing to the bowl game because if it is the sugar bowl, it's in really close proximity to where I'm at. So um I'm looking forward to wherever the bowl game is. I'm gonna try to make it. I mean, within within reason. <laughs> but uh um, I had to pick between the two as well, and I picked I picked this okay. game. So, I, I went to the Sugar Bowl two years ago. I didn't go to the conference championship two years ago, so I'm flipping it. Yeah, so two years ago I didn't go. I went to another game. Um, so it all it all works out. But yeah, if you can go, if you're in, even if, especially if you're in the DFW area, we I know we have a lot of people in Fort Worth, Dallas area that listen. So 
make it out to the game or just make it out to the tailgate and see other Baylor fans and have a good time. It'll, it'll be a, regardless of the outcomes, it'll be definitely an experience you don't want to miss if you have the opportunity. So, Joe, while we wrap things up, let's uh, let's have a little conversation about um, about Baylor basketball. Defending national champion Baylor basketball? Yes. Um, they were invited to the Battle for Atlantis. We talked about last week how they had been in this tournament before. They've done really well before. Uh, they've won it in the past. And they went ahead and just uh, won another tournament. And quite honestly, it wasn't even that close. So what did you get? You said you watched a lot of the basketball. What did you think about how um, the Bears did in the, the Battle for Atlantis? So it's just, I'm, it's just a fun team to watch, man. Yeah. Uh, the VCU game, that was, I think, a little bit tighter than people were comfortable with but that was a that was a that was a tough as nails defensive vcu team Mm -hmm. um i think it's one of those situations where you learn a lot about yourself i know we we kind of clowned chris beard for talking about that before they played gonzaga talking about oh even if we lose we win because of everything that we'll learn that's that's a real thing right and and you learned a lot about that in the vcu game but then you turned around and you put it all over a tom Izzo team which that michigan state team i won't lie they look pretty good like they got some yeah. dudes on that team and it's Tom Izzo. He's going to have those boys coached up. Um, but we snagged ourselves another, uh, uh, you know, mid season tournament. This is uh this seems to be something Scott drew likes to do on a regular basis. Um, and I'm very, very impressed. We've got a couple of real tough games coming up on the slate. And like, I think we got Villanova coming up pretty soon. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see how we continue in this non-con slate, but, I think there were a lot of question marks about how this team would respond after losing that core four of Mitchell Teague, um, Butler and vital. And they've just absolutely responded, man. Adam Flagler is a monster. James Akinjo, He has his moments where he maybe, you know, has a little bit too high of a motor and, and yeah. needs to be a bit more under control, but it's there. And when he gets more comfortable with his teammates, I think, I think he's going to be real special. Uh, LJ Cryer. Yeah. yeah. LJ Cryer is, I thought he was going to be good. Turns out I was wrong. He's going to be great. Yeah. Kendall Brown and Jeremy Sohan, man, those guys are just, they're just so amazing to watch. And you just look at the depth of this team. We haven't, I didn't even mention Matthew Mayer. Yeah. I, I didn't even say his name. I didn't even say Flo Thamba's name. I didn't say Jonathan Chamochachua's name. So it's crazy. It's one of this team things. is just so, so deep. I, I 100% think that they have, they have the capability of making another deep final four run. Yeah. Uh, they have the ability to run with anybody. So that, that's what I learned. And man, it's just, it's, it's so weird. I'm so focused on Baylor football right now. That's where my brain's at because of how well the football team's doing. I feel like I'm not giving enough respect to the basketball team, uh, but that'll come once we get into conference play, I am going to be obsessed. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we will definitely will transition to, uh, basketball um after everything wraps up with football but yeah and i think i really think enjoy kendall brown baylor fans yeah while he's here because I, he may be like baylor's first like one and done player I, I saw the the top 100 today espn put out and he's number seven he's the number seven small forward 
of draft, you know, in the in NBA draft top 100. He's number 19 overall. So there's a good likelihood that he's going to be drafted in the first round of the NBA draft. And so just enjoy this year with uh, Kendall Brown. And yeah, he's such absolutely. an athletic, dynamic player. So, so the men went and won the battle for Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Um, our women's team, they also yes. had a, a pretty decent run over the break as well. Were you able to catch any of their games because they were the champions of the Cancun challenge? Cancun so our challenge. basketball teams just went and got to to spend Thanksgiving in paradise. So yeah. one with the Bahamas, one with the Cancun. <laughs> so yeah, no, the women. Um, I think a lot of the the early like questions or maybe people had doubts about how good the team would be. Um, I know we haven't played like except for for Maryland, there hasn't been like really top top notch talent t- talented teams we've been playing, but they're taking care of business. They're doing what they should do. And even in that Maryland game, you know, they went toe to toe with like a, a top five team in the nation. So I think it's going to be a, a good year for women's basketball, just like it is for men's basketball. And it'll be back to what we're used to seeing in the uh, in our Baylor basketball program, which is the championships. Yeah. No, this team, I think, I think it's good. I, you know, we talked a little bit about this is, this is a new system. I mean, Kim Mulkey was here forever. You're changing a culture. You're changing a system. Mm-hmm. All the girls that were here playing on this team before, you know, they're having to relearn things. Yeah, and sure. that Maryland loss, like you said, that's Maryland's one of the best teams in the country. There's no shame in losing that game. Uh, it was like but, what? Three, three point loss. Yeah. Like so, you know, coming out, grabbing this, grabbing this tournament championship, beating Houston, um, I was reading up. I didn't actually get to watch all of this game, but I got to watch a little bit. But I mean, they held they held Houston scoreless for over ten minutes at one point in this game. So I mean, that's that's a quarter of the game. You didn't let your team. You didn't let the team you were playing score. Yeah. Um, they won it by like what sixteen points? I think is what what they closed it out with. So just a really solid win. Um, number six in the country, I think, is where they're ranked right now. So, man, just to be where we're at, I mean, we've got a top 10 football team. Uh, okay. The, we got a top 10 football team, a top 10 women's basketball team, and a top 10 men's basketball team. Top five. I think the volleyball has like top five and and the two basketballs. Yeah. Ooh, buddy. Volleyball's, and they got uh, what, a five seed? Volleyball's five. They're five five seed in the tournament. And there's, you know, which means they're the fifth number five team. Yeah. Um, uh, and we haven't even we're not, we're not even in acrobatics and tumbling season. Acrobatics and tumbling team yeah. won six straight national titles. Yeah, um, equestrian I'm sure is up there. I did want to mention um, the women's basketball did play Moorhead State this this evening. They beat them seventy three to twenty eight. So there's another notch in the another win for the women's basketball. Yeah, so if you're if you were looking for the old Mulkey scores, yeah. there you go. They're coming. 73 to 28. <laughs> now, I doubt Morehead State is anything to write home about, but you yeah. beat anybody by that much. It's a mid-major, I guess, maybe a FC. I don't know how that works. Basketball is different than football. But um, the men, they'll play Saturday. they take on Arkansas Pine Bluff. So that is uh, in Waco. Arkansas in Waco. Pine Bluff. They're the team. They're they're what, the Lions? Do they have? Are they the ones that have that just epic uh, – 
Yes, I'm looking yeah, at it. Yeah, it's now. like the flowing mane. Yeah, is what yeah. their emblem is. Yeah. yeah, I love Arkansas Pine Bluff. And they play Arkansas Pine Bluff played recently someone else in the Big Twelve. Or no, they will play tomorrow. They play Iowa State. Iowa State's having a, a great start to their season. They're Who saw that nineteen six and zero. I mean, that's going to be. I mean, for a team that didn't win, I don't think they won a conference game last year. They didn't win any conference games. They, they won, won two total games. Two games, and they're already six and zero this year. So, it's quite a quick uh, turnaround for the new coach. Yep, they got a new coach in and a handful of transfers that came in and transfers out. Yeah. Um, from everything that I understand from the people I talked to at Iowa State, some of those transfers out were almost as important as some of the transfers in just by personality or effort or desire to do certain things. Um, but clearly Steve Prohm was just really not a fit for that program, how far he ran them into the ground. TJ Otzelberger, their new coach this year, really just done an amazing job. Now, I think they're 73rd in Ken Palm. Um, They're 19th in the AP poll. So I I don't think they're going to maintain this. I don't think this is a team that you're going to look at as being a top 25 team at the end of the year, but they've got wins over Xavier and Memphis this year. They've they've got the resume that deserves to be number 19. Yeah. I don't know if they're honestly, I don't know if there's 19 teams that are 18 teams that have a better resume than them, but a better resume than uh, Gonzaga. Um, yeah, they absolutely have a better resume than Gonzaga, Gonzaga but uh, yeah, taken to the wire with by Tarleton state. Oh, I was, oh, I was, was like, I was praying for that game. <laughs> but, but Ben, kudos to Iowa state. I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to piss in their Cheerios too much here talking about what's going to happen once conference play happens. They deserve all the credit in the world for the games that they've won. And having watched a number of their games last year and uh, I've watched two of their games this year, the the level of effort and desire that's on the court for that team is night and day. And that's that's why they're six now. So, yeah. And um, keeping it on basketball, I think um, our future Big 12 teams, they're doing they're doing well themselves. As, they're doing well also. Um, I was trying to find some of their scores. There's the American. Well, you look for that. I want to, re- I want to remind everybody that Kansas lost to Dayton. Yes. Thank you. I couldn't believe that. <laughs> um, so let's see. UCF is four and one. They play Auburn on Wednesday. So tomorrow they'll play Auburn number 21 ranked Auburn. Um, Houston. They're number 15. They're six and one. They'll play Bryant on Friday. So, so um, Houston, you know, top 15 team, UCF, top 25 team. So they're doing well. And I think BYU, they had BYU a BYU is win. ranked in both women yeah. and men's. So, yeah. So, I mean, Big 12 right now, I think the Big 12 with our 10 current teams is the best basketball conference. And then the new Big 12 is going to continually be the best basketball conference. Yeah, so, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's a debate. Yeah, so it's going to be a fun transition. I don't know when that'll be. Hopefully, sooner rather than later. But um, I look forward to these new teams coming in. Look forward to basketball coming on this year. So. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to add before we wrap things up? Just like I said earlier, hey, if you're if you're listening to us on the way to the conference championship game, so excited. That's it, man. Like I am just my brain is fully focused. It when 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 Bedlam happened 
on uh, Saturday night. It was late. My wife had already gone to sleep. And I was like, I, I, I gotta go. Yeah. I gotta go. I was, I was in the building in 2013 when we beat Texas to clinch the big 12 title. I was in the building in 2014 when we beat, I think it was Kansas state at the, uh, in the last game yeah. of the year yeah. to, to clinch the title, to clinch the big 12 that year. Yeah, don't listen to so I was in the they, didn't, they didn't win a title that year. It, when we clinched the 2014 title, because we had a head to head victory over the yes. school we were tied with. Yeah. Fake news. Um, so I was in the building both those times. I wasn't in the building in 2019. I feel responsible for not winning that football game. If I was there, we would have won it. I'm not going to make that mistake again. I am going with Sir Fahrenheit. As I mentioned, he and I went together to the Texas game. So we are undefeated this year in 11 a.m. games against orange teams. And guess what? It's an 11 a.m. game against an orange team. I have only in my life ever been to a game in Jerry World one single time. And it was in 2014 when to open the season, Oklahoma State played Florida State. Guess what? Oklahoma State lost that game. So the only time I've ever been to Jerry World to watch a football game, Oklahoma State lost. I'm going this week. I'm bringing all my good vibes with me. And I could not be more excited. On Saturday night, (laughs) uh, I I said earlier, my wife was already asleep. So I couldn't couldn't be like, hey, honey, I want to go to this game. So I went ahead and I, I reserved a hotel room. Because it's like, I'm not going to wait for the prices and the points and everything on these things, the skyrocket and everybody to grab these because now we know who's going to the Big 12 championship game. So I went and I snagged, I snagged myself a hotel room knowing that I could cancel it later if she said no. First thing that she, when she woke up on Sunday, it's like, this is what's going down. I want to drive up and go to the game. Is that cool? And she said, yep, do it. So, man, I'm just stoked. That's where my brain's at right now. All I want to do is talk college football. I know, me too. I've been, I've been kind of. I started listening to the um, our daily podcast today. I think they're dropping like two or three episodes this week, um, breaking it up. But I'm super excited to hear all the other Baylor podcasts. It's kind of like my weekly routine. Even the I listen to some national podcasts. I mean, Baylor. If you if you listen to national podcasts, where Baylor, how they were talked about in August and early September to how they are now it's like it's like night and day and it's just if you're a Baylor fan you just need to soak it in because this is really right now just like the most fun time to be a Baylor fan all right Matt any 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 closing words of wisdom as the the old man that you are well as our um, friend Amy would say, um, stay hydrated. That's for sure. So that's my closing. Always, especially going to the game, you're going to be taking in the, the fun of the pregame. Stay hydrated. It's, it's key. It's critical. <laughs> great, great advice. <laughs> so with that said, we'll see you next Matt, time. Where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at Matt D workman on Twitter. Uh, I'm usually there most days. Um, and where can people find you, Joe? You can find me on Twitter at the underscore Joe underscore Goodman. Um, and that's on Twitter as well. So come find me, give me a follow 
Don't follow me. Whatever. Doesn't matter. But I do stuff to try to be funny. Uh, I hope to see you guys this week at the conference championship game. If not, I hope to see some epic tweets throughout the day and we will all celebrate together. Absolutely. Um, thanks for listening to the Baradian podcast. Like we said, I'm Matt, that's Joe, and we will see you next time, hopefully, with a Big 12 championship game. And um, as always, stay embarrassed. Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.